We're joined now by Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. And I don't know if you guys, I mean, again, I might have been wrong. I'll, I'll do the best I can to find out if I was wrong. But it certainly seemed to me that Donovan was on empty and found a remarkable gear tonight. I totally agreed with you, David. I, I remember that point in the game where you were talking about that and coming off the floor. And uh, as you were saying it, I was trying to take note of it and pay attention. I couldn't agree more. And then I guess digging down deep, that's what makes people great or, or players great. Booner, what, what happens when you're on empty and you find, find a little something left? Well, you go on the bench, you take a glass of water and you dig down. I don't know. Because <laughs> he found it, right? Actually, I saw Donovan. It was interesting. So interesting, like so, they have the resting seats where you can go without a mask on, and he was over there for longer than usual, kind of by himself. Had a towel over his head. Was like usually he's at the bench interacting. Like he was kind of going to find where he could find his next level. And I mean, this guy's got 120 points in three games. It's pretty amazing. It's, it's amazing, and and all you guys have seen so much so much basketball in your time. But I'm impressed by a guy who struggles in a first half and reaches a point like you were just talking about. And then what does he do? He plays like a star. He plays like a superstar. I mean, we're watching uh, the, the development of an absolute superstar in the NBA. And, and Booner, I mean, when a guy can turn it around the way he did tonight, what, what does that say to you? Well, it just says he's a great player. And if you listen to Donovan talk and, and some of his interviews and, and – really concentrate on, on what he's saying about his game and how, uh, he, how he's improved his game and the things that he's, he, he's picked up on from watching other players and, and uh, from listening to coaches and things like that. Now, where do you get that extra energy? That's the big thing when, when, when you need it. And he was doing it the hard way, too. I mean, at yeah. times... Uh, it wasn't like he was just wide open shooting threes the well, whole time. He took time. 16 I mean, he, free throws, 17 free yeah. throws, so he was, he, was putting his, line. he was putting his body out there a little bit. Indeed. Well, that, that first quarter, I mean, he, he didn't have anything but free throws. I think he had one field goal. He had two field goals in the first quarter and three field goals in the first half, and everything else was free throws. So, But yeah, you make an adjustments. Uh, you, the, the jumper, you, you find one that falls, and then all of a sudden – uh, you, you, your complete game shows up. Not to mention Mike Conley's contributions. I mean, that guard line was awfully tough uh, down the stretch. Now, he's special. By the way, Donovan's 30 was uh, a little short of his. He's special. Uh, a little short of his uh, season high, uh, career high. 33 is, I believe, his career high points and a half. So, hmm. um, he, you know, he really. There, He's, he's a special kid in a lot of ways. I think we have to remember he's a kid. Like, he's in his fourth year, right? Like, we went up against Dame the other night in his ninth year, and we're, like, comparing their fourth-year numbers. They're the exact same. Um, and similar to Dame, who's, I think, a really, really special person, Donovan's a really, really special person. Like, so part of what maybe we're seeing in that is that. Like, there's, this is a, a committed winner, ridiculously competitive all those things. But there's also just a core essence and soul to who he is that's a special guy. Like, the joke I've made with him, and Gordon, I've told you this before on the air, is, like, I joke with him that he's so, I've joked with him before, he's so charismatic and he's got such a special element that he's taking such a pay cut to be here because he'd be the CEO of Morgan Stanley and making a lot more money 
if he had just gone to like business school and risen. The, I mean, he's that special. He's that. He's that type of leader. So you're seeing. I think that's part of what we're seeing tonight. David, I I couldn't agree more with you. In fact, I wrote a column that'll be in the paper tomorrow. I was posted yesterday, I think, saying that exact thing. And you and I have had that conversation in the past. He's a leader on the court. He's a leader of the team. He's a, he could be a leader of an entire generation. I mean, the, the, I think, this is. I think the, he will. Be. I think he's going to lead yeah. the social justice movement. Exactly, and and he's all the all the positive things he's done about education and asking questions about how the world can be better. I mean, yeah, this is this is an extraordinary young voice coming out of Utah right now. And and just uh, think about what you're saying there, uh, Gordon. How special that is, and, and and then be a special athlete there as well. Yeah. So that's that speaks volume there. So now his voice is is just it's huge, because he can do both. And even if you listen to him on the plane scare, which obviously undid him, you know his message is a little bit of. I have more. I had more to do. You know, he wasn't talking about basketball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was indicative. It was about life. It was about life, and that's what he is, both as a basketball player and as a guy who's off the court. Jake's heard me tell this story a thousand times. He's probably sick of it. But when Donovan was a rookie and the spotlight was coming to him, guys, I went up to him in the post game and I I said to him, I said, Donovan. Is all this attention, all this glory you're getting now going to go to your, make you fat-headed? Is it going to go to your head? <laughs> and he turned, huh? he, 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 he turned to me and he said, in all honesty, he said, no, no way. My mom would kill me. <laughs> and, and I knew in that moment that this guy had been raised in a way that it was just a part of who he was. And, and so anyway, and I so mean, I, he, he's, for his mom Booner, too. Yeah, he's not perfect. I mean, he's, he's 24 years old, but. He, he is a budding star on, on many, many fronts. And I agree with you, David. He's got the acumen. He's got the charisma. He's got the commitment. He's got the care factor. He could, he could have been the president of a company, I think. Well, let me ask you then, because when you interview a guy like that, I mean, how good is it? I mean, how, uh, you can get every question answered the way you're, you want, or is it the way that he wants to answer it? I think it's the way he wants to answer it, and that's yeah. the beauty of it is that he's a th- he's thinks he, he isn't just parrot stuff back to you. Mm-hmm. If he disagrees with the question, he's going to tell you that, and that's again that's the fortitude within. A, I you know I don't want to I don't want to. Well, I mean, I'm not know? trying to glorify the guy. Yeah, I'm I mean, just saying he's something no, special. It's just a great, hey, here's the best way I can describe him. I'm raising two kids. If they came out like Donovan, that'd be great. <laughs> right now, I mean, I don't, I don't need go. not as an yeah, athlete as a person. Yeah. Like, if either yeah. of my kids had the pose, poise that he has at 24 years old, I'd be ecstatic. And that's the best way to talk about him. You, there's so many things here. Like, one, in regards to your question, Ron, what I think is beautiful about Donovan in the interviews is he certainly understands. He's smart enough to know what to say and what not to say. But he's authentic. The night in Philadelphia, that was authentic. He's swearing. He's pissed. Like, that's real. Yeah. The yeah. night after the plane flight, he didn't cop it out. He did not meet with the media. He just said, I couldn't fly. I was scared. Yeah. Like, it was real. Like, and frankly, I haven't thought about it, but the, the explosion of points is like, what is averaging since that plane flight is an interesting concept to actually look at for a second. I hadn't put the two and two together until right there. The, the other ones I go back with Donovan about are the, what I, I remember, the Bernie Nas long night. Like, Donovan's exploding as a rookie, and somehow, like, 
gets asked a question and turns the answer into a thing about Bernie, who is the woman who was making him his smoothies when he got there in the morning. <laughs> and he suddenly turned the answer into, you know, when you are exhausted and you get up and you know when you come in, you'll have a smoothie waiting for you. It makes you want, like, here's this kid who's, like, on the top of the world battling for rookie of the year, and he's sitting there suddenly giving praise to that. And then there was the night in which he had, I think, I don't know, I have to go back and try to find this, but he had, like, 40 and he was like, oh, I was so tired, but I came off the bench, and Naz Long and somebody else picked me up, and I don't remember who the other person was, and they gave me all this energy. Like, those were the two two-way guys that were, like, at the end of the bench, and no one's ever going to mention, and here's Donovan, like, calling them out, but not just, like, in some BS manner of, like, oh, everybody's part of this. It was with a very specific thing that they did to him that night, like, He's just awesome. And Bernie is the lady that makes this right. at, at the practice facility. <laughs> and Bernie, if you're listening, we miss you and love you. <laughs> you sure do. I haven't, we haven't yeah. seen her in a while. Booner, the other thing about it is if you ask him a question and he doesn't know the answer, he'll say, I don't know. I'm just a, I'm, I'm 24 years old. You know, so he's it's very the candor is strike. I'll say this. You guys have seen all these jazz players come through cycle after cycle after cycle. And there have been some pretty good human beings who have come through. But I, I think Mitchell is singular. I mean, the, the, the way wow. he approaches mm -hmm. life is just remarkable. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Carl was not refined at all. The allure, the, the appeal of Carl was how unrefined he was, which led to some problems at times. And John was a recluse. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Great way of putting it, guys. And, and Darren, and Darren, I don't think, I think, he, he, actually, this is really interesting, and I hope Darren doesn't. If Darren's listening, I hope he doesn't mind. I felt like I knew Darren a little bit. I don't think Darren knew who Darren was at the same age and the same praise. Carlos certainly didn't know who Carlos was. Donovan knows who Donovan is at 24 years old. That's the difference if you think of those two stars, and I don't know about, I can't, I didn't know enough. I didn't have enough experience as a reporter when covering Carl and John, and I didn't have them at that age. I picked them up. I, I started covering them when they were 30. But that would be my comment on Darren and Carlos for various different reasons in their lives. They weren't sure who they were as stardom hit. Donovan, for whatever reason, is very grounded and knows exactly who he is and what he stands for and what he believes in at 24 years old. So let me ask you back a question about that, because since he does know his time and place, in, in not just in basketball but across the board, does that, uh, does that echo through the team? Is there a benefit to that for everybody on the squad? Every player has probably a different style, but I, I think for the most part, and, and trying to answer your question there, is that there's leaders, um, young guys pick up stuff from older guys or, or, or leaders of, of the team, and, and sometimes they try to follow. So what's made you successful? Uh, and, and what has um, made you so popular? And they'll try to emulate something like that. So, so you, when you were talking about Donovan being a leader, he's he's an example setter there as well. Yeah. Well, his, te his teammates like him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we could do this all night. Well, it'd be uh, fun because you know we should do it all night as much as we can, and every Jazz fan should do it every night as much as they can because this is really special. They're this 40 is, and 13. Is, we're watching great stuff every night, and I hope. Everyone goes to church on Sunday or wherever. I don't know how we're doing church these days because my church has chairlifts on, on, in on it. the computer day. Um, so, <laughs> um, and when you're on your, I'm at my church on my chairlifts tomorrow. We should be talking jazz. <laughs>
And when you're in your church on a computer, however, in your chat rooms, you should be talking like we should be talking about this all the time. It's you great. Too. It's unbelievable to watch right now. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. 128 to 112 is your final jazz. Beat the Kings. We're breaking it down next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. 24 consecutive home wins. Jazz beat the Kings 128 to 112. Jake Scott, Gordon Monson filling in for Coach Tim Lacombe tonight. Tim will be back coming up on Monday. And uh, tonight, the story certainly, uh, well, the number one story, uh, Gordon Donovan Mitchell, 42 points, 12 of 31 shooting, uh, a career high, 17 free throw attempts. He was 15 of 17 from the line, four assists, three rebounds, and uh, kind of willed his team through a rough patch until they really came together in the third and fourth quarter. And uh, some of his teammates were really struggling, you know, and so, and he was struggling in the first half. And so for him to be able to turn it like that and play the way he did down the stretch, uh, I mean, that, that, that's special on a couple different fronts. One, he had to get himself in order and then he sort of had to carry his team and he did get some help from Mike Conley and, and others, but, you know, Royce O'Neal is struggling at the offensive end. Bogdanovich is struggling at the offensive end. Rudy Gobert was absent pretty much at the offensive end. So Mike Conley and, and especially Donovan Mitchell, and they got some help from their bench. I mean, Niang was uh, was helpful, and Joe Ingles, uh, Joe Ingles was tough in that game. I mean, he he gave he gave his team in the absence of Jordan Clarkson what it needed. Yeah, no doubt about it. In fact, uh, the bench overall was really, really good tonight. Um, Sacramento is not a deep team, that is for sure. Uh, they did get uh, 30 from uh, De'Aaron Fox tonight. Buddy Heald had 19, and uh, Holmes ended the game with 25, but considering Gordon, he had 20, uh, 21 at half. Nice adjustment. That was something we hit on at halftime. They needed to make an adjustment on him. They certainly did. In fact, the defense looked uh, entirely different in the second half. They gave up 24 points in the third quarter, 23 in the fourth. Yes, and what else did they do, Jake? What did we talk about in a pregame? They rebounded. They, they, they killed the Kings on the board down, down the stretch at both ends. 11 offensive and, what was it, 50, 52 overall, something like that? Yep. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and, and meanwhile, the, uh, the Kings had like 38. So, yeah, that's what they should have done, and they – they got themselves together and sort of were who they should be. All right, with that, we will say good night to our network stations. Our next broadcast is coming your way Monday night. The Washington Wizards uh, are in town. Gordon, it's a revenge game against the Wizards <laughs> well, on Monday night. That is true. We'll see how it how it goes. Yeah. I think the Wizards have won two straight, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. All right, uh, that game will tip off at 7 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have more post-game breakdown. Uh, we'll get you sound as well as the Jazz win tonight against the Kings, 128-112 to here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post-game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Gordon Monson in for Coach Lacombe tonight. Jazz win over the Kings, 128-112 to post-game Brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Gordon, let's dive into the sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. 
Uh, tonight, the Jazz shot 45.5% from the field. They were 36% from three, 18 of 50, led by Donovan Mitchell's 42 points, uh, four assists, and three rebounds. Donovan was 12 of 31 from the field, three of 12 from three, 15 of 17 from the line. Mike Conley with 26 on eight of 14 shooting. He had six boards and four assists. Uh, Joe Ingles had 20 coming in off the bench to go with six assists and three rebounds. George Niang uh, had 12. And uh, we'll get into the master of the glass uh, here in a bit, uh, Gordo, but uh, Royce O'Neal was huge on the boards with uh, 14 rebounds, which is a career high for him. He had three assists, two steals. And and really, Royce, uh, you know, we talk about uh, his shooting struggles, which continued. He was 0 of 2 from 3, but he had some very nice defensive minutes on De'Aaron Fox down the stretch. Well, this is, this is sort of the whole process that we've been talking about, Jake, about when the Jazz don't do what they're so good at, hit threes, uh, especially early in the game, but then they sort of made up for that a little bit. They were looking for other ways to win. And, you know, the rebounding was a big part of that, as was, uh, you know, Rudy Gobert had a couple of nice defensive plays. They came together and did the, they did it the hard way. <laughs> so a lot of times they win the easy way. They did it the hard way tonight, and, uh, you know, and they were led by their star player. And how many times have we talked about it in the past, Jake, where uh, great teams, when they get in situations like this game tonight, they depend on their star to carry them through when things aren't going well. We've talked about that, that that's a playoff situation. Well, they were playing the Kings tonight, the 12th place team in the West, but these kinds of experiences I think are good for the Jazz. Uh, not that they want to play the way they did early, but uh, they probably do want to play the way they finished. Well, I like Donovan's game tonight because he, even though the three wasn't falling, he, he got going to the rim and obviously found out a way to get to the free throw line, which I think is a great step for him. But he still had 12 attempts from three. Uh, honestly, wow. and the Jazz overall had 50 attempts from three. You don't want to see the attempt number go down. Even on number, even on nights where they're not making, you know, forty-eight percent or whatever we've seen on some just ridiculous shooting nights this year, they still the attempts still need to go up because they still need to maintain their spacing. And uh, so Donovan still took three, twelve three pointers, even though he only made three, which I actually think is a real positive. And they still shot a better percentage from three than the Kings did. Right. Well, you know. <laughs> the Kings are light on shooters. Right. And they, I mean, but they, they, but they they're took not light on offense, man. They're not light on offense. That's a decent offensive team, right? But but, uh, uh, but Buddy Hield, he's a catch and shoot three point guy. He's not an off the bounce three point guy, but he's one. You know, Harkless, you uh-huh. talked about him a lot uh, during the the pregame, and I think he's going to turn into a fine player. By the way, I love his like set shot. He doesn't shoot a <laughs> jump shot from three. He's got that like. You know, I felt like I was watching uh, a game from your heyday, Gordon, or, or when you were growing up watching those guys take those set shots. But, um, you know, outside of that, I mean, Harrison Barnes just is, you know, he was one of six, and he's not the guy who's going to command all that. They just, they're just a little bit light on shooters, and Fox is kind of rounding out his game, although he was amazing from three tonight, yeah. shooting four of seven. Uh, Fox had 30 total points and eight assists. But how about this for something weird, uh, Gordon, and then we'll get to Coach Schneider. Um Fox was minus 26 in the plus minus tonight in his 39 minutes. Holmes wow. played 34 minutes and was plus 18. Explain to me how that's possible. Well, he was taking it to Rudy in the first half. No, I know, I mean, but but those guys were on the floor the same time for most of the game. <laughs> now you're that's asking like me mathematical a, questions on the air. Is that what you're saying? That, that's like a 40-plus point swing in the plus and minus, <laughs> and it had to happen over like six minutes. 
I don't know. I don't either. I don't know how that happened. Let's get. Uh, Should we hear get, from the coach? Uh, Bill Nye, the science guy. Yeah, let's uh, get yeah. somebody. Where's Where's David? David, get the calculator out. Locke, I know you just put the headset down, but tell us how that's possible. Uh, that those two could have that much of a difference in the plus minus. That that just goes to show you what a wonky stat that really is. Yeah. All right, let's hear from the coach. Let's go down to the media room. Hear from Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Hey, coach. First up, we'll have Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Quinn, just uh, wondering if you could kind of comment on how you felt about the first half defensive effort and then what, if anything, you thought changed post-half time. Well, the, you know, a couple of things we talked about. One was just transition defense, um, you know, which, you know, all of you guys know we've, we've emphasized a lot and emphasized it the beginning of the game and the other, you know, our communication defensively um, is crucial. And, you know, we, we had, you know, Royce had 14 rebounds. Rudy had 12 rebounds. Fave, you know, was terrific. You know, when they went small, um, blocking a couple shots, chasing off pin downs and some offensive rebounds. We, we had some guys really throw themselves into the defensive end. And, you know, when that happens, um, you know, good things happen. That, that's what we saw on the offensive end. And I, I think it was a function of our defense. Um, the ball started moving. And so a lot of those things, I, I think our guys um, could feel as the game went on and, and got better at it. Just, just a quick follow-up. Um, you've mentioned several times in, after recent games, you know, needing to discuss kind of improving the transition defense. Is it kind of a concern at this point is that becomes kind of a recurring thing? Um, it, it's a concern f- from the standpoint that it's something that we just want to demand of ourselves. And, um, you know, I, I thought at the beginning of the game, you know, I mentioned this before, all of a sudden you're, you're feeling Fox's speed. Um, but some of the breakdowns in transition are just communication. And, you know, that's something, you know, talking is a habit. Um, you know, like running back and, you know, we want to crash the offensive glass when it's available because that's another way to impact transition defense. Um, but if not, it's not enough just to be back when someone's running the ball. You've got to be back and talking because, uh, you know, you may not have a matchup in transition. So it, it's, as I said, it's, it, it's really important for us, um, you know, to set our half court defense and, you know, teams know that, you know, this is a smart league and teams will continue to try to run on us. So I don't know how many times we turn the ball over tonight, but that's been a big key for us is taking care of the ball. Cause again, it's, it's difficult to defend against those plays too. Andy Larson, Salt Tribune. When I thought Joe came in, especially kind of second half and changed the game a little bit with his ability to shoot and then also kind of tenacity defensively, kind of what did you see from him and, uh, why did you choose to end the game with him in, the, in that finishing lineup? Well, you know, Joe, I, th- I think in the first half, um, you know, did it, did an excellent job. They were switching one through five pick and roll, and he was creating for other people. And, you know, a lot of times when you do that, you're the one that ends up, you know, with a shot. And our ability to trust each other offensively and move the ball um, you know, when there isn't necessarily a clear purpose other than to share the ball. And, you know, that's something Joe was doing. And as you mentioned, I thought defensively, 
you know, he, he gave effort and, um, you know, we, we've closed the game with, with different lineups. We've been, you know, as I said earlier, you know, our, our substitution patterns have, have been pretty consistent, but, you know, every game's different. You know, our, our team knows that. And, you know, tonight, you know, Joe had an opportunity to, to, to close. Last question, Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Quinn, what did Sacramento do that uh, allowed them to hold Rudy Gobert to just two attempts? Well, it, it's a little bit when, when the ball sticks, um, you know, it's, it's easier for them to, to shift and really put bodies on him um, on the offensive glass. Um, but as far as the, the attempts go, when they're switching pick and roll one through five and they're just pulled in from the corners, um, you know, it, it's really congested. And that's where, you know, we had to find people. But, you know, Rudy's such a big part of what we do, as we know, he, you know, he impacts the game in so many ways. And, um, you know, I, I thought his ability without getting shots to keep his composure and some of the things that he did on the defensive. And we say that a lot, but I know our, you know, our guys are conscious of, of getting, getting him touches and getting him the ball. Um, you know, oftentimes the game doesn't present it that way. I think tonight, um, you know, the more we move the ball, the, the more those opportunities are going to present themselves. And that's why our ball movement is so important because it involves everybody um, including Rudy on whatever it's a lob or a drop off. Um, but we saw that, you know, our Dallas game, it, people are putting two bodies on them and they don't, they don't want to leave them, which is all the more reason for us to, to really play with quick decisions and, you know, 0.5 reads and not shot fake and, you know, drive into a gap to, to get someone else a shot. That's it. Thank you, coach. All right, there you go. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder hit on a number of different things, Gordon. I thought they were pretty interesting there. Um, uh, Rudy's attempts, um, and he blamed that on spacing, and I, I can totally see that. The, the yeah. ball did stick tonight, and you heard David noted in the broadcast a few different times how the spacing got uh, got crumpled, and uh, and when that happens, that uh, definitely affects Rudy Gobert because his game absolutely depends on spacing. And Quinn wants ball movement. He talks about that all the time. And yet the Jazz, the Jazz averaged 23 and a half assists. Tonight they had 22. You know what that ranks in the NBA? What's that? 22nd. Hmm. And so for a team that stresses ball movement, wouldn't you expect that number, that ranking to be a little higher than that? Well, yeah. Well, yes and no. I mean, we've seen over the years how sometimes like, Quinn's offense is is not necessarily conducive to assists uh, because when the blender is going, sometimes you don't get an assist on those plays. But I I hear what you're getting at. Shouldn't you get an assist on that when you get the blender going? Well, if you're driving to the hoop and bouncing the ball a bunch of times, you don't get it. But but anyway, I was about to say it's something that Tim Lacombe watches a lot, Gordon. So Uh he agrees with you on that on that concern. And it's actually so since uh, Coach Lacombe concentrates on that a little bit, it's something we followed. And it's actually that ranking has gone up quite a bit from the beginning of the season because they were dead last for about <laughs> the first quarter of the year. And there are times when we've talked about Donovan tonight and his great play, and there were times when when he did pass the ball and then he received it, but there were other times when he just he took his man. Well, he took two or three men. Right. <laughs> To the basket, and obviously no one's going to get an well, assist on that. And then also when guys catch and shoot guys aren't making their threes, like Royce and Bogdanovich, um, 
then you're not going to get an assist there. Mieoni was one of seven, you know, yeah. and those are all, you know, those are all catch and shoot threes. So if those catch and shoots go down, those assist numbers go up. Yeah. Well, uh, he wants to see the ball move, and uh, I, I'm sure Quinn would be ecstatic to have that ranking go up, and I think he thinks that would be to the benefit of uh, the team as a whole. But when you have Donovan, remember when they played Houston a couple of years ago in the playoffs, and and they and the Rockets were essentially building a wall around Donovan, and there was nothing anybody else could do about it. Uh, there were no other playmakers really, and now the Jazz have. Donovan, they have Jordan Clarkson, they have uh, Mike Conley, other guys who can, who can, uh, you know, fill that role, and so maybe they don't need as many assists anymore because they have guys who can do some things. I don't know. Uh, well, that's that's something we'll have to ask Quinn about later. All right, we want to remind you about our friends Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. We'll get you more sound and more analysis coming up next. Jazz win tonight, 24th consecutive home victory. They beat the Kings 128-112 right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network, brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Gordon Monson sitting in, nice enough to sit in for Coach Lacombe tonight. Gordo, let's get to the points in the paint, brought to you by our friends at Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA, visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Uh, Jazz outscored in the paint tonight by the uh, Kings, 48-42. to uh, that might have something to do with Holmes and his weird, I don't even want to call it a floater. How would you call that? A push shot? That's probably <laughs> about right. Push shot, I, I guess. That probably had something to do with it. And De'Aaron Fox getting into the lane, including just a monster dunk over Rudy Gobert. But uh, a, couple you know, of, uh, a couple of uh, Hey Holmes' shots. Uh, it looked like, uh, you know, squibbing the soap in the shower. You know? Squibbing? Uh, yeah, it's like a squib shot. Okay. All right, I can come along with, with squib shot. He sure. was really good early on in the game, and, and, and the Jazz had real trouble with him. They adjusted, but, though. Yeah, they did. In fact, the, I mean, the Jazz are so good in third quarters, uh, Gordon. They're the best third quarter in the te- uh, team in the NBA by a long way. And outscored after outscoring Portland 40-19, to 19, uh, Gordon, in the third quarter tonight was only 36-24. Uh, to 24. That's all. And they needed it. You know, it's it's interesting how the Jazz sort of ebbed and flowed there a little bit. Uh, you remember that stretch when? Uh, well, actually, this came after the third quarter, but uh, with about ten minutes left, the Jazz had a nine-point lead, and then they they gave up a th- I think it was a thirteen-zero run. You know, I I thought I heard Bowler say eleven-zero, but I I thought it was thirteen-zero. Anyway, there were turnovers, there were breaks uh, as, uh, to to address what Quinn was asked about earlier. There was a couple times when they didn't get back in transition defense. But from there, that's when Donovan, he, he surveyed the situation and said, okay, my team needs me to do something now. And I, I'll say he did it. He did. Huge, huge night for Donovan Mitchell, no doubt about it. Uh, he had, uh, let's see here, 42 points. 
He had three rebounds and four assists. And Gordon, if he would have had that three go down against Portland, he'd have three consecutive 40-point games. But uh, yeah. it did not. So he only had 37 against uh, the Blazers. But this is quite the at least scoring run for Donovan Mitchell. You said in the pregame that uh, you have to go all the way back to Carl Malone in 1998 on the two-game count. Man, I think it would be really interesting to check out the three-game count. I know the answer, and and Gordon, let's throw a tease on that because we get to uh, stat nuggets from our friend Tyson Ewing coming up a little bit later on in the show, and maybe maybe we'll uh, cast some light on that then. How about Uh, that? All right. Do you have have any concerns about Bogdanovich's shooting? I don't. I think it's going to come around. I I really do. I mean, he's he's had issues this year. I, I think Royce Royce uh, I told you the other day on our show I was wor- I'm a little worried about his confidence but and uh-huh. he only took two tonight so we'll but, see but, but yeah yeah I believe that they're going to come around Bogdanovich seems I don't know he he just seems uncomfortable even even when he starts dribbling the ball the way you saw on a couple of occasions I think he had two turnovers but there was one when he was just kind of trying to back his man down and then he turned and he had the ball taken away from him. And, you know, it just seems like he's pressing a little bit. And I – can we get Dr. Freud in? Maybe he can uh, Maybe he can straighten uh, Bogey out a little bit because right now he doesn't seem like his normal self. Let's get some post-game sound rolling, Gordo. Let's go back down to the media room and let's hear from Donovan Mitchell. Yep. All right, Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Hey, Don, what was, uh, what was going on at the end there with uh, De'Aaron? Was that – who was he talking to and kind of what happened there? Oh, he was talking to the ref, you know, but Fox has been, you know, game was over. Fox has been a friend of mine since high school and there's no need to lose money over a situation like that, you know, and I just was being, you know, game's over, competition's over. So now it's, you know, it's my, it's my guy. I'm going to make sure he doesn't, you know, lose money in that situation. It wasn't nothing towards us or anything, but, um, you know, I figured he would do the same for me, you know, and I think that's that's what it was. You know, between the lines, it's war. But when I see that, you know, I'm kind of like, yo, like, it's an easy 15000 lost. You might as well save that. Matt Coles, AP. Donovan, after your slow start uh, this game, what really got you going, especially in that second half? Um, I don't want to put Joe on the spot, but I am. Somebody said something to Joe, <laughs> uh, to be honest. And Joe gave an answer that I hadn't heard in a uh, a while, and that just fired me up. You know, I, when Joe gets angry, I get angry. And, you know, you saw it. Like, he was coming down, cashing in. You know, y'all probably ask him, and he probably won't say what it was, and I won't either. But, you know, that's that's really what turned the tide for myself personally. You know, as far as the team, you know, I think the biggest thing was we just found a way to win. You know, like, it was it was ugly, you know. We didn't, I didn't shoot the ball well. We did made a few mistakes defensively, a bunch of mistakes defensively, offensively. We were kind of stagnant. But, you know, the team that we want to be in July wins games like this, you know, perseveres through, you know, the struggles, perseveres through whatever. And it's been a long week, and we could have easily chalked it up when they went up to it and said, ah, it's not us, it's not our night. But, you know, the team we want to be wins a game like this, and we did, you know, and now we can go back and look and fix little things that we'll see and go from there. But uh, I'm proud of the way we all competed tonight, you know, because like I said, after the week we had, it could have been easy to just be like, all right, we're tired today and kind of keep it pushing. But, you know, we went out there and fought and, and competed. And credit to SAC, too, uh, for their relentlessness as well. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. 
Hey, Don. So after the last few games, Quinn's kind of brought up the communication, the lack of communication in terms of transition defense. Is that kind of becoming a problem area? The, and, and not just transition, I guess, defensively overall. Is that something that's uh, still something that you guys need to work on? I wouldn't say it's a, it's a problem. I think it's something that needs to be addressed. I think it's something, and I don't think it needs to be addressed, maybe not necessarily through going through it physically in practice. I think it's the biggest thing is just keeping that in the forefront of our brain. You know, you look at, like, we almost lost this game due to transition. You know, you look at how we lost Phoenix. Um, I wouldn't say it's the only reason, but it was a big reason was we lost offense rebounding. And then we played Portland and we, we kicked their butts on the boards. Like, you know, for us, we got to keep that in our brain because at the end of the day, I wouldn't want to go against our half court offense defense either. You know, we're, we're pretty good in that realm. So for us, we got to understand that that's what teams want to do. Just like we want to run, teams want to run. And we got to make it an emphasis to talk, not run back to our man, not jog. And it, it takes a mental, it takes mental effort, you know, and it, it's tough when you're not making shots, but that's when you got to dial in even more um, and, and communicate it and just find guys. And we know Fox is going to go out there and just try and attack downhill and find guys. And he did a good job of that tonight. And, you know, I think the biggest thing for us is to, you know, thank God it's April, you know, and we can fix this, but we understand that, look, like this is going to be something that we're going to see because teams don't want to necessarily go against us in the half court, you know, and I think that's something that we just got to be keep on the forefront of our brain and continue to work on. Andy Larson's like Tribune. Couple of questions. One, Donovan, you've averaged 40 points a game over the last three games. What is it that's kind of clicking from you for it to be so aggressive that, as you have been? Um, I think, you know, the biggest thing is watching, like just kind of picking my spots, um, going about, you know, and, and, and honestly, I feel like a lot of the shots that I'm taking now outside of tonight, you know, I mean, they, they went in when they counted, but, you know, the biggest thing is getting to the free throw line, seeing the ball go in, picking my spots, choosing my spots and just continue to work the reps, you know, trust in my work. You know, there's shots that I've been working on all year, all summer. And, and now they're really just starting to fall. You know, I think that's really it, you know, just a mindset of just being in attack mode, but also being able to find guys. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that I've been really locked in on. And, you know, my teammates trust me, you know, and I think it's, it's my responsibility with that. With that comes, you know, a great responsibility as far as playmaking and scoring and, you know, I'm just trying to do the best that I can and continue to build um, and find ways to get better and better. Thank you, Donovan. Donovan Mitchell, who was uh, uh, absolutely terrific tonight with 42 points. Um, interesting, they asked him what kind of the difference was. Somebody said something to Joe Ingles. Maybe we'll hear <laughs> Joe talk about it uh, later on in the show. But uh, And he passed that along to Donovan, and I'd, I'd love to know what was said because yeah, that was a pretty too. significant difference. You know, we were talking to David about what the difference was in, in Donovan's energy level because he looked out of gas but then dug deep. Well, apparently he was mad. <laughs> so so just so we have the story straight, someone said something to Joe about Donovan and Joe passed it along to Donovan? Oh, I don't think it was about Donovan per se. I oh, think somebody said oh. something to Joe. Joe was upset. Oh, okay. And that in turn... Okay, because I wasn't sure whether it was that what I said or what you just said or what Joe said something to Donovan that made him mad. I no, I no, no, no. I think somebody said somebody said something to Joe. Let me see here. I I saw somebody transcribe it. Uh, let's see here. Somebody said something to Joe. I'm going to be honest. Joe gave an answer that I hadn't heard in a while, and it just fired me up. When Joe gets angry, I get angry. <laughs> okay, all right. So so Donovan was sticking up for his guy. It sounds that way. Oh, that's how it's looking. 
So well, whatever it was, it should be said every game. I guess, uh, but that, that there was a big difference. I thought what Donovan Mitchell said about transition defense um, is is really insightful because he said you wouldn't want to play against our half court defense either. <laughs> And so they get out there and run. And we see that every game, Gordon. We see that every single yeah. game. And when the Jazz are disciplined about their, their uh, transition defense and build the wall, um, they're very good. But we do see those lapses where, where teams get easy buckets, so they have to concentrate on that because teams don't. They don't, wanna, they don't want to go in, you know, in the half court against Rudy Gobert, so they're going to move, uh, move and, and run in transition. And did you notice the nuanced way Donovan addressed that? He said it's not a problem. It just needs to be in the forefront of our minds and uh, not something that has to be worked on in practice. It's more an awareness thing. All right, let's get some more post-game sound, Gordon. Let's uh, hear from George Niang. All right, we'll start with Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. George, I'm curious. This seemed like a game where there was more talk between you guys and the Kings bench or some of the Kings players on the court. What happened and how did, yeah, I guess, how did it unfold? Uh, that's a good question. Sometimes you come into a game and when a team uh, kicks you in the mouth to start 12-1, I mean, you got to find something to kind of get your juices going. They were feeling confident, you know, and we kind of wanted to take their confidence away. So sometimes, you know, within the heat of the game, you just get to John back and forth and, that's just kind of what led to that. And, you know, they were feeling high, you know, being up 12-1. And we didn't like how that felt. So, you know, we let them hear about it. They're a great team. They're a good team. Um, you know, they're battling. Um, but they definitely came out with a sense of urgency, definitely more than us, to start the game. Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Uh, George, what do you guys miss when Jordan Clarkson's not in the lineup, especially there in the in the second unit that you play so much with? a barrage of points, like just out of nowhere. Um, now, I think we miss Jordan just for the sense of, you know, he's a guy that, you know, literally throw the ball to him and he makes something happen. He's making other teams over help, drawing two defenders. Um, and what was unique tonight about Sacramento is, you know, they switched one through five and, uh, so, you know, we needed to find new ways to get closeouts and get our so-called uh, blender going and getting their guys in rotation. And uh, once we did, you know, when it rains, it pours for us. So that's kind of, you know, what we're holding our hat on with, with def- defending and, and slowing teams down with having, a, I think it was a 23 and a 24 point quarter in the second half is, you know, sticking to that. And eventually our shots will fall and we'll start getting them in rotations and, you know, take the lead. Eric Walden, Salute Tribune. Hey, George, two questions. Uh, first off, just what does it feel like when you guys have had, you know, a three-game stretch of not shooting the ball particularly well and then finally starting to see them kind of going in bunches, you know, yourself especially? Yeah, uh, you know, I wish I had, like, a good, like, one-liner for what it feels like. Um, it just doesn't feel good, you know. It's like waking up with a migraine. It's like, oh, here we go again, you know, and, you know, it's – it feels good to see the ball go in, especially for a lot of guys that do more for us than just shoot. You know, um, you know, Royce may not be shooting the ball as, as well as he's capable of, but he's impacting the game in so many other ways. Uh, you know, with his defense, he had 14 rebounds tonight. 
um, you know, to see the ball go in more for Joe, you know, even, even Mike, um, I think like I've said this before, you know, when you have happiness for other guys and their success, you know, it, it's really a wonderful thing. And I think that's what this team has. Uh, so to answer your question, it sucked not seeing the ball in. it also sucked losing, but we also know that, you know, that's how teams are going to guard us. And we're going to need to, you know, make plays in other areas if shots aren't falling for us to win games, like I said, especially in the playoffs. And uh, secondly, Rashawn Holmes had, an, had a pretty incredible first half, 21 points, eight for eight. You guys seemed like kind of more, far more ratchet locked in on the interior defensively in the second half. What changed from your perspective? I think we just had more of a sense of urgency. Um, you know, once we started, you know, making guys miss rather than, you know, being there and hoping that they miss, uh, good things happen to us. I mean, let's not get this misconstrued. I mean, Rudy is the defensive player of the year and he's going to get people's best game every night. So for him to have 21 points at half and I don't know, what do you end with? 25? Yeah, four points. It's like, okay, you woke up a monster. You know what I mean? It happens in the NBA. You know, sometimes you come out with a lull not saying that Rudy did, but sometimes, you know, that happens. And then it's all right, all right, you got my attention now. And now let's really, let's really play. And you saw what happened then. He's a great, he's a great, he's a good player, but, you know, Rudy is the two-time defensive player of the year for a reason. No questions asked. There's a reason behind that. That's it. Thank you, George. George Niang came in off the bench tonight, Gordon, and was very good. In fact, the bench overall uh, had a good game tonight. But he had 12 points, 4 of 5 shooting, 4 of 5 from 3, two boards, and a, and a steal. And uh, George's, George's defense, Gordon, has actually really gotten better this year. But, um, you know, he's, his value is in coming in and, and making those threes, and he certainly did that tonight in 20 minutes. Yeah, and a night like this, the Jazz only needed him to do that because so many other guys were struggling in that regard. So I mean, think about it. If, the, if nobody can hit a three, think about that, what that does to the Jazz's offense. You know, and they, I know the guys talk about finding other ways to win and all that sort of thing. But George provided something that was in scarce supply that night. <laughs> and the Jazz needed that to, uh, to weather the storm. So I loved what he said about Rudy, too. So not that Rudy didn't come out focused, but sometimes, you know, <laughs> and he gets everybody's best every night. That, that is true. And, and he said something else about how a game like this is uh, pushes the Jazz. And Quinn Snyder talks about this over and over again, about improving and growing and understanding and gaining experience. And so when the Jazz have uh, these tough, tougher games, even against the opponent that isn't all that great, uh, it, it puts them in a mindset that they're going to have to be familiar with come playoff time. Mark Miller, Subaru is Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz victorious tonight over the Kings, 128 to 112. We'll get you more sound. We'll get you our stat nuggets as well. Coming up next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network brought to you by Mark Miller, Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Gordon, let's do the Master of the Glass tonight. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. 
Safe Flight Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound program. At the end, end of the regular season, Safe Flight will donate $5 to the United Way of Utah for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Now, Gordon, you're here on a special night. You know why? Why? Because Rudy Gobert is not the how am I gonna how do I put this? Rudy Gobert is always the master of the glass, and tonight he <laughs> is not. Uh, Royce O'Neal had 14 rebounds tonight. Rudy had 11, so Rudy still had a nice rebounding night. But uh, Gordon, guess how many times that Rudy now has not been the outright master of the glass? Once. This is the third time, actually. This is Royce's second time being in the ma- being the master of the glass. Donovan was the master of the glass once, and there's actually been a two-way tie and a three-way tie. But other than that, Rudy has been your master of the glass. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, it is a lot. But, uh, you know, <laughs> the Jazz are a little bit undersized at times. And Royce O'Neal, playing the position he does, is not the tallest of guys. Have we figured out exactly how tall he is? 6'4", I believe. So... If you're six four and you're getting fourteen rebounds, uh, that's that's showing some effort. It is remarkable. Uh, a, a season of surprises, Gordon. Uh, this with this Jazz team uh, and how good they are. That is the number one surprise for me. Is that they're the they're not only a good rebounding team, they're the best rebounding team in the league. And outside of Rudy and Favors, they're tiny. So Which that's was so weird about that loss to Phoenix because they did not dominate the glass in that game and. It cost them, and Pat Riley has said it a thousand times, Jake. No rebounds, no rings. Well, the Jazz are pretty good at it. You, again, you're talking about the Heat executive? <laughs> yeah, that guy. The old Knicks coach? <laughs> the one who won some championships with the Lakers back the, in the The day? guy who uh, can Stan Van Gundy to step in and, <laughs> and get a ring? You talking about that, dude? Jake, I have a stat for you. Okay. Okay, I'm going to ask you to do some math on the air. No, I'm not doing it. Oh, it's easy, though. The Jazz scored 30 points from the free throw line, and Donovan Mitchell did a lot of that damage. The Kings scored 14 points from the free throw line. Uh, What is uh, 30 minus 14? 16. And what was the point differential in the game tonight? Uh, Let's see here. 16. What do you know? You're saying that was the difference in the game, huh, Gordon? The refs decided this one. <laughs> no, That's a controversial no, opinion from you. No, I don't, I don't think the refs decided, but I think the Jazz did what was necessary to uh, get to the free throw line, especially Donovan Mitchell. And on a night when he looked exhausted, that says a lot about his character because, hey, it's no fun getting fouled, you know? He's getting beat around and taking the shots of a body and whatnot, and uh, he did it anyway. And I think that was a major factor in tonight's game. All right, let's hear from, excuse me, Joe Ingles. Back to the media room we go. First up, we'll have Matt Cole's AP. I already know what the first question will be, and I ain't answering it. Oh, really? Are you sure? I know one, I know. there's going to be one question that was already asked, and I'm just letting you all know now. Don't bother asking it because I ain't answering it. What was the key? Continue, Matthew. Okay. What was the key to the second half comeback? 
I mean, it was the fourth quarter. Um, Actually, you were down one with six minutes left. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously they we, – we knew coming in, obviously, how quick they play, how it makes and misses. They, they push the ball. And obviously, Fox is maybe the quickest, if not one of the top few at pushing the ball. Um, I think we got caught a few times – with him pushing it, they they got some shit threes or or got in the lane, and um, I think as the game went on, we got better and better and more comfortable offensively with the switching defense. I think we kind of figured some things out tonight that we probably haven't. Um, I think we played better against the switching defense tonight than we have um, in a few other games this year. Um, made some shots, guys shot with confidence. We got in the paint, guys had eyes out. We were able to obviously making shots helps. Um, but yeah, we were able to make some some the the play that stands out to me a little bit is that like Rudy getting his hand on that pocket pass and and we were making plays like that towards the end, which we weren't in the first half. So um yeah, good good second half. I think we I think Coach said we held them to 23 and 22 or 24 or something in the last quarter. So it's it's obviously a, a good defensive effort. Eric Walden, slide Chibian. Joe, we were told that uh, the Kings said something to you to get you fired up. No comment. That's the one that you didn't want to answer. Well done. All right, thank you, you get the you get the golden ticket. And Anderson Castlesports.com. So, Joe, why does trash talking help you and get you going? Because a lot of guys, honestly, see well, I see what you're do doing it. there. They, I they see what you're doing there. there. Um. It's actually funny, like, I mean, obviously, I, I've said it before, like, I never go into a game thinking of talking to anyone. I obviously get in probably more conversations with people than anyone else uh, on our team. But, I mean, it's happened a few times. There was one in Detroit, I remember, and then Donovan heard it and it kind of fired Donovan up too, and he went for, like, 600. Um there's been different times. There was a there was one here where I blew a kiss at the the kid who's I think that was against Detroit too actually, um, where Blake was coming up like just just little things. Um, I honestly like deep down inside I think it's really funny. Like I really it's it's more of a kind of funny comedy thing to me. But um, yeah, obviously it, uh, it it lights something up in me that um, yeah it makes the game fun. Um, I don't really know how else to answer it, to be honest. Sorry. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. So, Quinter's kind of talking about how you guys were stagnant a little bit with the ball movement against them switching one through five. And then you come into the game and kind of change that a little bit. How do you change that and kind of get the blender going again? Um, well, when you can't really blow by anyone one-on-one, there's no point me holding the ball for too long. So, um Quinn nicely a couple of years ago um, had a conversation with me about getting the switch and then kind of driving at that next guy kind of inside the three point line a little bit and like pitching it back or, or trying to get down the lane, but, but obviously making a play. Um, I mean, it's just kind of, I think I did it a few times early on when we first talked about it and it like Mike or whoever it was, was like getting a shot from behind or Donovan, I was about to pitch it and they were able to break the pain again. And um it's just always stuck with me. I think it's, I think it's a good thing for me to do. I don't want to buy someone go between the legs six times and shoot a step back. So it's a, it's a, it's a good thing for me. And um, I try to, I think in the start, we, we said it in the first time out that we're almost leaving 
Donovan and Mike out to dry a little bit in that first few minutes with just like ISO on and kind of standing and watching them. Um, obviously they're good enough to do that if we need them to do it. But um, uh, I think at the, especially early on, we want to be able to break the paint, get the ball moving. Um, and then that obviously ends up in us getting shots and um, kind of Rudy on the rim, if he's flat or, or kicking it out for a three. So um, yeah, I just try to kind of, I guess, get that going. As soon as I got in, I saw they were a bit stagnant and, I think we started the game like over seven or something. Like we didn't make a shot early except Rudy's free throw. So try to get the ball moving. We were able to do it. And then, like I said, we, we um, played well kind of not just from that point, but more in the second half against that switching defense. I think we found some things that we can use going forward that we've haven't haven't in the past um, that have made us a bit more stagnant than we were tonight. Sir Todd, Desert News. So it looked like you were there with Don at the end when Fox was kind of jawing at the ref. Uh, I guess I guess this is on the other end of the spectrum from trash talking is after the game is over, stepping in to keep him from saying something that he might regret. What what goes into that kind of a decision? Um, I just went to tell him good game. Uh, to be honest with you, and I, I saw or heard Donovan saying, um, like just kind of leave it or whatever. What like obviously there's from my point of view, like nothing's changing post game. Um, if there was something, we'll get the two minute report or someone gets, I don't know who gets the two minute report. Someone gets a two minute report. Do we get it? Derek will get our two minute report. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's obviously, uh, I think that's kind of where I only heard a, a second of it, but just, yeah, just what, like, what are you going to do really there? If you're frustrated at a call or a miss, miss call or a play or whatever it is, is, um, there's lit- like literally nothing at that time. <laughs> like at least at halftime you can get teed up and we can get a free throw or something. But at that point, there's literally nothing that can happen except um, probably get fined if you use too bad a language. So um, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a hell of a player. I, I, I really like his game, but yeah, it was, I think there was no point in doing that at the end there. Cause obviously the game, regardless win or loss is, is over. Last question, Maxime Lagorges, the free agent out of France. Uh, hi. Uh, I'm not talking about Rudy. No, okay, not problem. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. How do you explain your difficulties to defend the three point line in first half? Our defense on the three point line. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think the key guy obviously that shoots threes with them is, is buddy. And, and I think he's still got a few off tonight. Um, he, I think they said pre-game he leads the league in three point attempts in transition, which is hard to do because <laughs> most teams are pretty good at getting back in transition. So it's a, a tough thing to do. And obviously he leads that. So it's something we try to focus on and kind of getting back and, Obviously, you've got to contain Fox coming downhill and then you've got to make sure you get out to, to Buddy if he's he's kicking it out to him. So, um, yeah, I think we did a a good job. I don't know how many – I think he shot like 13. I don't know how many made, but I think we did a good job of making them tough on every shot that we that, that they took. They, they got a few open ones, but I think for the majority of the game, we were, we were pretty good at either running them off the line or contesting them and, and making it a tougher shot than, than what it has to be. That's all. Thank you, Joe. Joe Ingles, who once again was really, really good. 20 points coming in off the bench. 
In 31 minutes, 6 of 11 from the field, 5 of 10 from 3, 6 assists, 3 rebounds, and did not want to talk about what hit got him so fired up, Gordon. We're going to have to get DJ and PK to, to, to get to the bottom of that. Oh, they ask every week about what yeah. was said or what Joe says, and yeah. he never he never takes the bait. Well, maybe he will. Maybe those guys can get him loosened up a little bit. So this is what happened, and forgive my analogy here, Jake, because I know you're not going to like it. Oh, boy. But so what happened tonight was uh, between uh, Darren Fox and Joe and and uh, Donovan was like a one time when I was driving on the 405, you know, and, uh, and, and I, I saw a car that had uh, a, a smashed up front and a smashed up rear bumper. And it was it was the classic freeway accident where somebody bumps into the back and it pushes the car into the car in front of them. And so that's, it was a freeway smash up. And that's what happened in tonight's game. Darren Fox bumped into Joe. Joe bumped into Donovan and Donovan won the game. Was it Darren Fox that said something to him? Um, I was just guessing that. Oh. I'm not 100% sure. Look, I don't know who the I don't know who was driving the car that bumped into Joe, but it was that's what happened. There was a bump and then a bump and then a win. And Joe was the one in the middle. You're talking about Interstate 405? <laughs> I was talking about the 405. I 405. You know, it, could, it could be the 210, it could be the 10, it could be you know, which the 57, it could be the 605, whatever. Can we get to our stat nuggets? As much as yeah. I, I love talking about California, can we can we jump but into? Are you, but are you following me on my analogy? I hear you. Yeah, yeah, I, oh, I follow. Okay. Our, our friend Tyson Ewing does stats for the television broadcast on AT and T Sportsnet. You can follow him on Twitter at Ty Ewing Two, and he's always nice enough to uh, send a few our way. Gordon, you ready to go? Yeah. This is the twenty fourth consecutive home win for the Jazz, tied for the twenty fifth longest home winning streak in NBA history. Really? It's only 25th? Well, I'm sure there's a bunch of ties, right? So if they win another one, like 25 consecutive home wins, that number will be like 10. Because <laughs> they're all tied, you know what I mean? Well, it sure sounds impressive to me. Way. Utah trailed Sacramento 84-75 to with six minutes left in the third quarter. They outscored the Kings 53-28 to in the final 18 minutes. Wow. Including wow. they closed the game on a 17-3 to run in the final four minutes and 18 seconds. That is particularly impressive because of the struggles that were uh, at foot, uh, at hand in the first half. Uh, the Jazz were able to do what they needed to do to win. Winning time is what Magic Johnson used to call it. Buck? <laughs> Man, we talk a lot of California when you're on the postgame. It just Sorry. happens a lot. Uh, jazz, sco- <laughs> jazz scored on 14 of their final 17 possessions. They were 9 of 13 from the floor, 3 of 4 from 3, and 9 of 10 from the free throw line in those 17 possessions. Hmm. Yeah. That's 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 winning basketball, man. Utah. And, oh, sorry. And, go and ahead. The, and they just did what they should against a team that is inferior to them. Utah held Sacramento scoreless on 9 of their final 10 offensive possessions. Wow. That's yeah. great. Great defense yeah. there. Uh, let's see. The last two second halves. Gordon, okay? okay. First, Portland. 69 points plus 22 point differential, 49% field goals, uh, and just two, two turnovers. 
Tonight versus Sacramento, 69 points plus 22 uh, point differential, 49% field goal, and four turnovers. You know what's so impressive about that? Everything. This, was, this is the third <laughs> game in four nights. Yep, yep, no doubt. I agree. Uh, this was the third time this season the Jazz have hit 30 free throws in a game. And uh, we'll wrap up on some Donovan numbers, all right? Okay. Donovan just became the first Jazz man since 1993 to have three consecutive games with 35 or more points. Who did it back then? That was Carl. Because, as Locke said, there's only four players that have done it in Jazz history. Uh, Donovan, Carl, um, uh, Adrian Dantley, and Pete Maravich. Okay. Uh, Donovan has scored 120 points over his last three games. That's the most points in a three-game span in Jazz history since Carl Malone in April of 1998 when he had 125 points. Donovan uh, just became the fifth player in the NBA this year to average 40 or more points in three games. The other players, Gordon Bradley, Beal, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, and Zach Levine. Pretty good company. Uh, Let's see. That was uh, Royce O'Neal's career high with 14 rebounds. Uh, And then this one, Locke, has been tracking. Uh, This will be our final one. The Jazz are now 30-0 this season when they have a run of at least 10-0. So keep an eye on that for you. Remember the stat we heard uh, that uh, when the Kings were leading after the first half, didn't Locke say they were they had some super impressive win loss record? Well, the Jazz redirected that, didn't they? Mark Miller Subaru is Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Uh, Find out more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final Jazz beat the Kings one twenty eight to one twelve. We'll get Gordon's final thoughts on this one next on the Jazz Radio Network. Throws it away, right to Donovan. Donovan on the run. Conley, open three on a no-look pass. Got it! Ball game! Utah! It's going to win another one at home. There's our guy, David Locke, in your play of the game. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com. Driven by you. Jazz come away with the win tonight, 128-112. to over the Sacramento Kings, Jake Scott, Gordon Monson in for Coach Lacombe tonight. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Just a quick recap of some stats if you're just joining us. Donovan Mitchell with 42 tonight on 12 of 31 shooting, 3 of 12 from 3, 15 of 17 from the line, 4 assists and 3 rebounds. Mike Conley was great in the fourth quarter. He had 26 total points, 6 boards, 4 assists. He was 5 of 10 from 3, 8 of 14 from the field. Joe Ingles with 20 and 6 assists coming in off the bench. George Niang with 12 coming in off the bench. He was uh, 4 of 5 from 3. For the uh, Sacramento Kings, De'Aaron Fox had 30 points on 11 of 20 shooting. He also had 8 assists. Rashawn Holmes with 25, although 21 of those came in the first quarter, or first quarter, excuse me, first half. But he healed with 19 and Halliburton had 13 coming in off the bench. Gordon, you highlighted this earlier in uh, or early on, excuse me, in the post game, but uh, the, uh, the jazz bench was really good. The Kings bench only had 16 points and 13 of those were from Halliburton. Yes. And it was a night when uh, at least initially the jazz starters were struggling. And so they needed a lift from that bench and uh, they got some key baskets down the stretch and to lead them to victory. All right, Gordon Monson, before we close the book on this game, I want some final thoughts from you. What are you taking from this one? What are we going to be talking about Monday on the big show? Well, I, you know, this is a springboard 
into the next nine games the Jazz have before they play Phoenix again on the road. Those nine games are winnable, Jake. I mean, they get the Timberwolves a couple times. They get the Lakers a couple times. Although the Lakers beat the Nets tonight. I don't know what happened they in that did. game. But the Jazz, Durant and Irving played. The Jazz will play the Lakers before AD and LeBron come back, by the way, because yes. we, we got some time frames on those injuries today. But uh, they right. should, they will not be back when the Jazz play them. You mentioned the Wizards, the Thunder, the Pacers are in there, the Rockets. Uh, you know, so these are games, uh, and half of them are on the road, half of them are at home. So uh, this is an opportunity for the Jazz sort of to power through here. And I think they will get these teams' best shots because the Jazz are targeted now. They have the best record in the league. I, I, I think teams want their shot at them. And so uh, the Jazz will have to be ready for those challenges. But, I mean, over this next nine-game stretch, they could win. <laughs> Maybe they should win. Eight of them. Yeah, I mean, with the schedule, I, I'm with you on that. Certainly have some high expectations and can't be perfect every night, but for the most part, outside of that Washington game a couple of weeks ago, the Jazz have beaten teams that they, they should be beating. Right. Obviously, exactly. they have a great record. <laughs> and so and so losing to the Kings tonight would have really stubbed their toe and, and, and going into this next stretch. So it's, uh, it's, it's good for this team to learn how to, to face challenges and to pull through. Because so many of their games, they've won by 20 points. Yeah. And so, and they won by 16 tonight. I get it. But uh, it was much tighter than that for, for a yeah. long stretch. Here. And they look great in the clutch to, to yes. stretch it out to 16. So I, I'm and with Donovan you. I think Mitchell that's important. had a lot to do with that. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. We want to say a big thanks to Lock and Boone, doing a great job uh, calling the action as usual for those two. Thanks to Amanda Smith, our broadcast assistant tonight. Uh, thanks to Alex Lundberg, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Our boy Lundy doing a great job. Thanks to Mark Miller's Subaru, title sponsor of the post game, uh, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. And, Gordon, I would especially like to thank you tonight, buddy. Thanks for filling in for Coach Lacombe. Uh, it was fun doing one of these with you. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for inviting me. I do appreciate that. I'll talk to you on Monday, my friend. Enjoy your Sunday. Get get outside. Get some of that good sun, would you? <laughs> okay. We wish everybody a terrific uh, rest of the week. No doubt about it. All right, your final. The Jazz beat the Kings 128-112. to Up next, the Jazz take on the Wizards on Monday night. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. Pre-game begins at 6, and you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.